Right? I just think you can have a weak serve and a weak return and you could still get by. But if, if, if there's one thing that being perfect will elevate your game the most, I think would be dropping every ball in the kitchen from anywhere on the court. If you can do that, if you have soft enough hands where you can release weight on the paddle, you can move your feet enough to be in a position and literally take any ball, put it in the kitchen from anywhere on the court. Honestly, aside from everything else, you're, you'll probably, you're probably a 4-5, uh, at least a 4-2-5, just from being able to do that. Hey guys, welcome back to Blazing Paddles, episode 3. Uh, today we have uh, an episode you're going to want to earmark so you can go back and listen to these guys. These are two young men, Aaron Resnick, Matt Solinsky, and they have an online community called the Pickleball Clinic. The pick, it's Pickleball's largest online community. These guys have only been doing this about three years. Uh, Montclair Pickleball is what they've established in New Jersey. They have three locations. They're building a nine-court facility. Uh, they also have an organization called First Serve Tennis. They're instructors. They're teachers. So... Saddle up, take a listen. You'll be glad you did. I have a couple of young guys here today, um, Aaron and Matt, and these guys have the biggest online community for pickleball. Uh, I can't believe that. When, when you said that, I went and checked it out, and the numbers are pretty astonishing what you guys have managed to accomplish. Um, if I got this right, and you guys can obviously tell me if I'm not, but on Facebook, Pickleball Clinic has a hundred and over 117,000 members. And then on Instagram, you have over 46,000 followers. Um, that's insane. Um, uh, how let, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit because you guys, Aaron Resnick, Matt Slowinski, uh, you guys are in you're New old. Jersey, Montclair. Yes, I'm old. Uh, and you've got three locations. You said you're building a nine court facility. I mean, that's a lot to, you know, kind of motor mouth. What, what all you guys have able to accomplish can you tell us, you know, give us a little background. How did you get here? You know, what we do in our pickleball endeavors really mirrors the 95 plus percent of pickleball players, which is people that are not necessarily addicted and up to date on the pro scene, but people that are just playing pickleball every day, living and loving the sport. And, you know, online, we do have this number one online community for people that want to learn and play pickleball. Our academies throughout New Jersey serve people that want to learn and play pickleball. And so I think our growth and success has really just mirrored the growth of the sport as the sport grows and more and more people want to learn about pickleball and play. Um, I think naturally our, uh, you know, our ventures will evolve. We've been good friends since middle school, started playing tennis together when we were very young. We started giving tennis lessons in high school. We ended up starting a tennis academy while we were in college, actually during COVID. Um, just naturally, you know, we had internships both um, in, in Matt was interested in, in law and I was interested in marketing. And, you know, with COVID, those ended up kind of not coming to fruition, which was a blessing in disguise. Uh, we started our tennis academy then and there. I continued growing it once we graduated college. Um, you know, I've said this a couple times, but I, I, I met a kid freshman year of college named Ben. We became good friends from club tennis, and he tried to convince me to play pickleball as well. And I said it sounded kind of weird, and, um, you know, he left – left off on it. He didn't really push it on me. But then a year later, I realized my friend Ben, he was in this Washington Post article that he's the number one player in the world. And I said, wait, Ben Johns, uh -oh. what? what uh, okay. All right. So that's kind of my intro to pickleball. And uh, I still didn't try the sport until end of senior year because I was too naive. But we really started playing together. Um, once we started playing, we started teaching, added on a second you know, academy to our tennis academy, Montclair Pickleball, which ended up growing, then wanted to do something bigger in the sport, affected growth on a national global scale, started our me our media platform. Um, that's a pretty short version of, of how we got here. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the pretty much the summary right there. Um, I think at the heart of it is we're an academy. So Montclair Pickleball is a pickleball academy, and the pickleball clinic is is really a learning community. Kind of the name hints at it a little bit, but a lot of people come to our our Facebook group and our newsletter and our community to learn more about pickleball, and that's something that's pretty unique about us. Um, other clubs, especially in New Jersey, yeah, they might have some instructors to give lessons, but no one else really calls themselves an academy. They might be a club. They might be some courts that they rent out and do some open play leagues, that kind of thing. But we really um, built our business on clinics and, and teaching and lessons and just building a community of players that, that might have never heard of pickleball before and come to us for the first time. Or maybe they're coming to us already three O's and three fives and want to make it to the next level. We serve everybody. We have the highest level coaching staff in New Jersey, and that's uh, pretty much how we built it and how we're, we've been able to expand. I'm dying to ask. Okay. So <laughs> wait a minute. You guys are incredible. Love the energy, love the history here. And I mean, you've answered a lot of my questions and in, in your answers, but I mean, I got to know how long ago, because pickleball just became huge in Texas during the pandemic. So, I mean, it, it's just, we're, I mean, I, I know people that are looking to open up academies, but no, it's not even close to that. I mean, heck, we, we're still trying to get pickleball courts. So what is the scene? What Give, give me the pickleball scene up there. It's uh, it, it's blowing up definitely. It seems like every every week there's new courts popping up all over the place. Um, and we really started playing pickleball in 2021. Um, and I mean, since then the growth that we've even seen since then has been just astronomical. I mean, it's just exp- absolute exponential growth. So um, it, it is. We do have a hot spot, I think, in the New Jersey, New York City, Southern Connecticut, kind of that New York City metropolitan area. Um, there's a lot of players around here. I know I went to, for example, I went to um, College of Holy Cross up in the Boston area. And up there, I know it's they're playing a little bit, but I'll go up and visit people. And there there aren't like courts up there to go play on or anything like that. So it's not quite as popular. And it's um, I know Texas is a huge hotspot, too, in some areas. So I think it, it kind of depends on the location. But definitely, I don't think it's been quite national in the sense that every single city or state has these these big pickleball communities but it definitely is thriving here in new jersey i think we're you know you know when you hear pickleball hotspot you might think of a place like florida but i, I would argue that our location is is a, is a hot spot for sure amazing things well it, you know it's something i want to make sure i, I reference this because uh aaron you said something early on actually you both kind of reemphasize this you remember it was here locally, the MLP and PPA were getting into this little cat fight about who was going to do what, and they were stealing players from each other and all that. And we kind of got caught up in it because we have, you know, we've been to some tournaments. We just started getting into it. But 99% of the people had no idea, didn't care. <laughs> that meant nothing to them because their their love of pickleball had nothing to do with the professional level, it had everything to do with their own experiential level and getting together with their friends and the social aspect. And so, you know, a year give you an indication too. like a year ago, just over a year ago, Karen went to, was it the, it was the Texas, Open. Texas open here. Uh, so all the top players and everything, and you could literally like walk up and shake hands with the players. Zero security, and, <laughs> nothing. walking up with our drinks in hand, no barriers. You're just like, you're there where they're practicing. You're there where they're playing. You're getting autographs, pictures, nothing. And nobody then cared. Nobody within cared. six months, uh, it, that, that, that changed dramatically. And now with nationals being here, it's going to be a whole different scene. Yeah. We've got national championships that are going to be in Now, This has got to hurt. I mean, they moved it from California. I forget 
what it was, a real nice community, but they're moving it to Farmer's Branch, Texas, which has got to hurt California to lose something else. But uh, yeah, national championships are going to be here. The Players Lounge, um, trying not to look like you know old clingers on that want to oh, meet these people, <laughs> but it's going to be a scene. But we're more interested still in the playing part than we are in the pro part. Uh, since you guys are, it sounds like you're both natural teachers, um, educators. What do you think when you're, because you get people of all levels, uh, when people are first getting into pickleball, what do you think is the first thing that you try to impress upon them that if you're going to be good at the sport, you need to build you know, these fundamental skills right out of the bat? I think it's really important to come in with a mindset that the fundamentals are more important than anything else in pickleball. Um, you know, the dinks and the volleys and the footwork and the decision-making and core positioning that we teach in our beginner, our 2-0 to 3-0, 3-0 clinics, those are the same, you know, volleys, dinks, decision-making, core positioning. Those are the same things that the pros are using at the top level. Uh, it's different where, at, you know, if you're talking about basketball, Steph Curry has a very different way of approaching his jump shot than somebody in high school or college. In pickleball, you know, a Ben Johns backhand dink is pretty similar to a 3-5-4-0 backhand dink. That's no offense to Ben Johns at all. It's just the, the shot itself, the mechanics are very similar across all levels. What gets better and different at the higher levels is just consistency, core positioning, decision-making, um, their ability to execute all that. So this is a sport you can play your entire life. Uh, most people that start playing don't stop. And if you're going to play this sport your entire life, it's so important to learn the right way because the longer you play with wrong and correct technique, um, the harder it's going to be to recorrect it. You know, we have a tennis academy with adults that come in saying, I've been playing for 20 years. And, oh, my God, some of their forehands and backhands, it's, it's like we have to do surgery um, to recorrect them. And so when you, they come to us and they say, hey, I want to learn, I say, great, this is your opportunity to start from the ground up the right way. So, you know, coming back to ready position, getting on the kitchen line and staying in the kitchen line, eliminating your backswings and pretending that you have a brick wall behind your elbows where you're not taking a backswing, you're not following through too much using your legs and your body, not your arms, keeping your feet moving constantly at the line like you're standing on hot lava, going for the safe shot and a wide margin for error, not going for too much, returning and running up to the line, serving and staying behind the line. These are all super important things you need to keep in mind from the start because if you develop these habits consistently, they'll be subconscious forever. And we have one thing I'll add on there too. We have a saying at Montclair Pickleball. It's coined by one of our coaches. Shout out Rob Gruber. It's we teach beginners pickleball, not beginner pickleball. And the key there is that a lot of players without that don't have formal training, they might go out to the park and play with their local, you know, whoever, 3-0, 3-5 players. They're going to learn the wrong way, and there's a ceiling that you're going to hit very quickly. You have to learn the soft game. You have to learn the fundamentals the right way. You can't just go out there and hit the ball hard. And what we see is that these players, they come out, and we teach them the fundamentals the right way. And they might at first lose to some of those players that have poor fundamentals, but just you know, go out, bang the ball, don't really play what we call the right way. And they'll lose at first. But then eventually, after a couple months of practice, their game goes like that. And they just skyrocket and they'll surpass all those players. So that's really, we hammer in those fundamentals all day because that really is the best way to up your game quick. That's me. That's me. Right there. What you just said. That's what I, that's what happened. I, I got, we were one of the earlier people around here playing pickleball and didn't I, know what we were doing. And then a bunch of 
then, you know, our community started growing and tennis players started migrating over to pickleball and they surpassed me in the beginning, even though I was playing way more and I had been playing longer and I was super frustrated, but I just stuck with it and stuck with it and layer after layer started just adding things, adding things. And to, like, I'm playing pickleball the way pickleball should be played. And it's really hard when you're playing again, when you're playing with, um, as tennis players are trying to unlearn the things that, that in tennis that don't translate over to pickleball. Um, so, I mean, there's some great things, you know, and especially when I can partner with them and we can figure out that little rhythm about what, what makes them good in tennis that does translate well over into pickleball. And then I can pick up with the, you know, the drops or the dinks or the, you know, the, uh, uh, the court positioning, you know, that's another thing, you know, they're so used to running right up to that line and we just get beat every time on that side. So, um, you nailed it right there. And that's what I keep telling people. It's about layers and because you can't, there's only so much you can learn in a certain amount of time. Well, and you pointed to me after about half the things. Well, serve and stay. I love that you said that. Thank you. That's a fight we have. Serve and stay. Uh, I creep. You heard it from the pros right here. I have a bad habit of creeping. Um, as far as I think though, that it, it is true though, because you can see tennis players come out there and immediately they they're banging away and they have some shots that just blow you away. But then once, you know, the kind of rising tide of the people who are pure pickleball players get there, they do things that the tennis players sometimes have never even considered. So there is, it's definitely, you know, it helps, I think when you first get going, but if you still have the bad habits, then they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we we definitely firmly believe that if you're a tennis player and you learn the right way, you're going to get good very quickly. The problem is, and we were both high-level tennis players. I played Division One, and Aaron and I competed in the juniors all throughout our, pretty much our whole lives. And, I mean, when we came out, we had some people that guided us, but we didn't have any formal training. It took us a lot longer, I think, to get to, let's say, a 4-5 level than it would have if we had somebody that was really working with us. All right, here's how you should be playing. Here's, here are the right shots. Here's how you hit this soft. Here's when you hit this hard. We have a, one of our tennis coaches – he just graduated from college. He, he was a very high-level player, four-star recruit, played at Bates, uh, one of the best Division three teams in the, in the country. And it took him only a couple months to get to like a solid 4-8, essentially 5-0 level. I mean, because off, from the, off the bat, we said, look, you're not going to hit any of these shots hard. So he'll come out. We'll get set up a little 5-0 plus group, and we'll invite him out. And everyone's kind of like, wow, he's only been playing for a couple months. Like his touch is really good. Well, yeah, because we tell him, when in doubt, just go soft. Put it back in the kitchen. So he's not like off balance trying to rip forehands or just speeding up for no reason at the kitchen line. That really is the key there. But people don't understand it. So you have to get a little bit of formal training and, and play with those higher level players that really understand the fundamentals. I mean, I wish we had people like us that we could work with and play with when we first started out. We would have got, but that's how we learn too. We learn so much from, you know, from having to figure it out. Uh, so here's a, you know, this is a selfish question because you just mentioned to it right now. I think we're, you know, you can hit that plateau. And I'd say we're we're solid between three, five, and four. No, self rating. Anyway, uh, <laughs> getting over that three, five hump to a four zero. I think four zero is where we're trying to get. What do you think? What's you know? Oftentimes, what are the the, the big dynamics, the differentiators that get you from that three five, where everybody's three zero, three five, but to get to a four zero, it's a it's, you can tell the game's different. What's different? I, I would say consistency is probably one of the bigger ones. Um, when we, so we coach a lot of players that are, so we have our, our clinics, we have these levels of like a three out of three, five level, a three, five to four, oh, four, oh plus level. That's sort of the more higher levels. 
And the biggest difference, I'd say, if you're looking at the 3-5 to 4-0 level, which for us is really players that are trying to get to like a 3-5, maybe like 3-7-5, but just a 4-0 plus where you're trying to break through 4-0. Biggest thing is consistency, I would say. Just being able to put the ball back in the kitchen when you need to. Um, not making mistakes, so like not missing third shots. Remember, right, if you're going to miss a third shot drop, miss it high. If you miss in the net, the rally's over. But if you miss it high, you can at least fight back up. And then also just making good decisions. I think that uh, 4-0s tend to, tend to generally make much better decisions. 3-5s will sometimes speed up when in doubt instead of just trusting their shots to be able to. I mean, you have to know that you can dink for however many shots in a row and really let the point draw out. So I think there's, it's most of that and footwork too. Footwork's big. you got to stay active on your feet. But most of that consistency. Yeah, I interviewed Riley Newman a few weeks ago when I asked him what are two aspects of pickleball that people at any level can improve on. And I think this really applies to the 3-5 to 4 level shot selection and decision make, or sorry, core positioning and decision making. You know, the the shots you choose um, to take are going to make a huge difference. We're at the 3-0 to 3-5 level. You can drive almost any ball and you'll get away with it. Um, at the 3-5, 4-0, plus level, you have to be a lot more strategic because if you drive the wrong ball, players will let it out, uh, let it go out. Or if you're driving too high, they'll, they'll counter it and put it away. Um, and then core positioning too, knowing where to stand, when to move. You know, if you're standing closer to a ball on your dink, that's going to make your shot better itself. If you're volleying a ball but you're standing too far away, you're going to be reaching and you'll be off balance. So the, um, the the shot selection and the core positioning are, are definitely two things that matter a lot more when you get around that 4-0 level. Okay, so, okay, so this, this question where there is no right answer, but it, I'm just always interested in asking, especially people who are at your talent level. Um, you're forced to pick one shot's most important shot. What's the most important shot in pickleball? I, I tend to, I always say now, and again, I'm going to be wrong, but I think it's the return to serve. But or what do you guys say? What do you say, hon? Or the serve. The serve. Get nah. the serve in. I mean, that, and maybe that's because we're well, at a level where you get, over. you get away with it at our <laughs> level, maybe. What's the most important shot? Yeah, I got, I got two answers there. And one, I'm going to agree with you. Every time I teach a beginner class, I always say the serve is the most important shot because without the serve, you can't play. So, Literally, I would say the serve and the return of serve. But in terms of just playing high-level pickleball and becoming the best player that you can be, I have to say the dink. Yeah, I would agree. Um, But I would would group the dink together with the drop and the reset. And I'll, I'll take the word dink by its literal meaning, which is the dink. It actually stands for drop in the kitchen. That's that's what it stands for, uh, which is a little bit weird because resets and drops are also dropping in the kitchen. So the meaning behind dink actually applies to other shots. Um, so the, the drop in the kitchen, I think, is really the most important shot. And that applies to any dink, any um, drop or any reset. Essentially, the ability to take any ball and put it back in the kitchen, I think, is, is probably the most important. But I, I mean, there, there's a ton of right answers because, again, the serve and the return, they start off every single point. I just think you can have a weak serve and a weak return and you could still get by. But if, if, if there's one thing that being perfect will elevate your game the most, I think would be dropping every ball in the kitchen from anywhere on the court. If you can do that, if you have soft enough hands where you can release weight on the paddle, you can move your feet enough to be in a position and literally take any ball, put it in the kitchen from anywhere on the court. Honestly, aside from everything else, you're, you'll probably, you're probably a four five, uh, at least a four two five, just from being able to do that. And if there's one single thing that separates amateur pickleball players from professional pickleball players is that the pros can put the ball in the kitchen from anywhere in the court. 
It's not hand speed that separates them. It's not how hard you can hit the ball. It's the ability to put it in the kitchen. I know you're right, but it's just so cool when you see these firefights and all this stuff. The guys are just going rapid fire back and forth. And, and now you see a lot of tutorials about these serves that you can do that can really put people on their butt. But again, you know, if your serve is out, it's worthless. It doesn't matter how hard it is. But we, like yesterday, wait, wait, wait. We, we spent a lot of time just dinking and just doing some serves and just doing some fundamentals. And I think, uh, you know, Texas was brutal this summer, so we didn't probably get as much drill time as we wanted. But as the weather cools off, that's kind of what we're going to focus on. So, And also, we discovered, uh, I know I, I kind of our social guy on online and discovered your online community. There's great stuff on there. And it'll be the drills and some of the games um, that we're going to incorporate into our own routine. What were you going to say, hon? I have a question. Yeah. How much would you recommend drilling versus playing? I think it depends on your goals. Because pickleball is super fun, and if you don't really care as much about getting better and you just want to have fun, then play all day. Then, though, I would argue that if you want to play for fun, well, the better you are, the more fun it is. So, honestly, I mean, I would really go back and say whether you want to have fun or whether your goal is to get as good as possible. Drilling is always going to be the answer. Um, at the pro level, if your goals are more to get as good as physically possible, as quick as possible, it's going to be probably like a 4 to 1, 5 to 1 ratio of drilling to playing. And that probably seems almost impossible just because most people, you're usually going out to play. You know, imagine if you want to work on your third shot drop and you're playing a game, a game to 11. You know, maybe you'll get four, five, six opportunities. Maybe they'll return to you, um, but you might not be able to consistently work on it. If you go out and say, hey, can let's drill the third shot drop. Hit me 200 third shot drops in a row. You can hit many, many in a row and make tiny adjustments every shot and see, okay, where does my hand need to be exactly? You're in a game. You're never going to hit two or three in a row within a 10 second span. So drilling, I think by far is going to help you improve better, better, more quickly, more efficiently in your shots at, at least three to one, four to one ratio. If, if that's really your goal and you have the, you know, the drilling partner and, and the bandwidth to do it. Okay, guys. Uh, I know I want to do a time check here too, because we got two uh, busy guys here that were kind enough to give us a half hour. Um, we're going to end it with this because I know that you guys have an appointment coming up. If you were to um, just leave us all with one thought about, uh, you know, what can we do this week to improve our game? Um, and by the way, we do try to have fun, but Karen always tells me winning is fun. No. So. Okay. <laughs> the truth is what exactly what you just said is that it, uh, he tried to say we were going into a, into a, a, a tournament and he was like, let's just have fun. We lost horribly. And I was like, was that fun? Was that, was that fun? fun? It wasn't fun. No more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that you said that. Anywho, anyway. uh, leave us all with one final thought. I mean, if you want to tell us more about the clinic or what you guys have planned, because I know you're you're still growing, uh, just leave us with any final thoughts you guys want. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the opportunity to to talk about the clinic. I mean, as you know, for whether you're a pickleball player in China, India, right here in New Jersey, our online community, it's the Pickleball Clinic. We're a Facebook group for players of all ages, all levels. Um, Matt does tip of the day every single day. We put in news, memes, polls, giveaways, anything you can really imagine. Um, that's our Facebook group, the Pickleball Clinic. You should definitely join it. We have a newsletter also, the Pickleball Clinic. I think thepbclinic.com, and you can sign up from there. It's a really awesome some newsletter too. Um, we got a bunch of people, you know, contributing content to that and really good news stories. And then the pickleball clinic on Instagram and YouTube also, or also if, if you're in Montclair or in New Jersey area ever come out to Montclair pickleball, we have some really great programs there. Um, in terms of leaving you guys with one thing to work on for this week, 
Matt probably has 30 of those lined up in his head. So why don't you start and then I'll, I'll end with something. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of different options there. I mean, actually, first of all, thank you guys for having us on too. So I want to, I want to say that before we head off. So really appreciate the opportunity to come on and chat with you guys. It's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I mean, I, there's a million different things I could say for one thing you could do to improve. I'm going to go with a more unique answer that I think people don't do enough of at the amateur level. And it's something you can do easily by yourself at home. Watch a little bit of film. Take some time to watch a pro match and watch the way they hit their shots, move their feet. Because the, one of the best ways to, that you can improve for yourself without a coach, without a drilling partner, is just by watching what the best players in the world do. That's and imitating them. That's what I did and many other tennis players did. I did that my whole life. trying to, And I always was trying to imitate what players better than me tried to do on the court. Um, and it helped me a lot. It helped me grow my technique. It helped me find shortcomings in my game and, and work on my strengths. Um, but for pickleball, too, for those of you guys that don't have tennis backgrounds, which I know is a lot, probably most pickleball players, you can start to pick up on those things that might, never, that might not be natural to you, like the footwork patterns and the swing patterns that come very naturally to tennis players, um, and you can catch up with them. No, yeah, I think watching film is huge. That's a really, really good, uh, really good tip. And then I'll leave uh, you guys with sort of a mental tip. A lot of times when you go out to play rec games, if there's bet or money on the line or there's ego on the line or it's a tournament or, or a league with pressure and standings and seatings at risk, um, you know, people come in very, very stressed. I think their mindset affects their level of play. So my one tip would be, and this is truly if your goal is to play competitively as good as possible, my tip would be disconnect with the outcome. Treat every single point like you're literally drilling. If you're playing, I don't care if it's the final of a 5-0, when somebody hits you an out wide dink, treat it as, oh, thanks for letting me practice my out wide dink. Or when they hit a big serve, yes, I could, I could practice my slice return. Everything is just practice. It's just a shot to get yourself better. Um, disconnect with the outcome. Focus on every point separately. Um, and that's, that's probably where I'd leave it. But again, appreciate you guys having us on. This is awesome. Best of luck to you guys, everything you guys have coming. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure of ours. And uh, again, we'll put all the, the connections and the links in the notes for the episode. We'll, we're going to send you guys some clips, too. Hopefully, you'll share some of it on the community because uh, I think what you've just told us, I know with our own pickleball club, is going to provide a lot of help as well. So thank you both. Karen, do you want a final word? Yeah, you guys are amazing. Thanks for coming on. I love your energy. I love what you guys are doing. I love that you love pickleball for this sport. And and um, you know what? I, I'm going to work on that disconnection thing because I have that. I have, a, I have an issue with that. <laughs> I'm very highly connected with the outcome. Thank you also for the original soundtrack to Blazing Paddles by Junk Boy, a.k.a. Jack Whitaker, a.k.a. our oldest son. Love you, buddy.